and welcome to Your Money. I'm Susie Jones. If you have a financial question for Peg, you can call this number 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That is 1-8886-ADVICE. And you can email your question directly to yourmoneyatwealthenhancement.com. But right now, while we have you, you can also text us at 651-461-9226. And that will allow you to get your question right to Peg Webb. She is Senior Vice President and Financial Advisor, and she is with us right now. Peg, how are you? Really good. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Bruce has a a well-deserved day off. So um, if it's okay, Susie, uh, at the very end of the show last week, Bruce and I got a question, but we only had a minute left. And we we both were kind of frozen in that we thought our time was up. And the question wasn't that hard. It was a, a question about health savings accounts. And simply, the person had asked, do I have to be employed or working to be eligible for a health savings account deposit for 2021? And we kind of were frozen. And so we wanted to come back this week and clarify uh, if you're on a high deductible plan, uh, a medical savings plan, and you're not on Medicare yet, you do not have to be working to be able to participate in a deductible health savings account. So, Susie, we've got a couple more weeks here before people have to file their return, and you can still contribute that up until um, April 18th. And so I wanted to clarify that first. That is wonderful. And I understand as we move into this show, we are going to talk about Looking ahead here just a bit, a lot of people are overwhelmed with, shall we call them, financial chores. Uh, You know, sometimes it's hard to remember where you put everything. It's kind of the ins and outs of what we're doing with our financial picture. I know the last three months have been just a roller coaster for a lot of folks with the markets up and down, inflation, the war. So what do you do as a financial advisor to sort of help your clients through this time? Yeah, Susie, what we did um, coincided with our marketing team. We said, you know, in 2022, what we're going to do is try to look at each quarter ahead and um, give kind of pointers to our listeners. What do we see as some things that are coming up now in the second quarter uh of 2022. And we did this for the first quarter as well. But you're right. Um, Just a little recap on the last three months. It was a roller coaster. I mean, the markets were up, the markets were down, there was this runaway inflation. You know, we've got this war in Europe, it has not been calm. But neither has the last couple years, you know, um, mentally and physically with the pandemic. You know, we also had highs and lows, but this seems a little bit different. Um, And so we kind of want to remind our clients and our listeners of this show that you can only control what you can control. And I'm a big control nut. I mean, I I really would like to have everything under my control, but it's not necessarily the way the world works. Sorry. But the way that you can control things, Susie, is you can actually have a plan. Make a plan, work the plan. That's been my motto um, my whole life. But absolutely, you're going to have curveballs thrown at you. 
So today, let's just kind of look at the, we have a couple things for the second quarter, four times a year, we're going to go through this. But the first one we haven't talked about for a while, and that is be alert for identity theft. I mean, if 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 you haven't heard this in the news, you know, um, and maybe it's getting, you know, overshadowed by all the other things that are happening. But last Friday was April Fool's Day. And it's kind of a perfect time to make sure that no one has actually been fooling with your credit, you know, or your bank accounts. And this is serious. I don't, I don't want to make this seem like it's trivial at all, because more than 98.2 million people were impacted by the 10 largest data breaches the first half of last year, 2021. And that's according to the Identity Theft Resource Center. So what do we, what, I mean, what do we tell our clients? So, you know, most victims, uh, it's not like a huge amount of money. It's usually around $500. But there's a good percentage, Susie, that are actually, it's over $20,000. So with these breaches and identity theft on the rise, you know, some people have turned to this credit monitoring, monitoring for protection. My best advice is, I mean, you have got to watch your accounts. And with technology today, I think you can see errors and inconsistencies, you know, very quickly on a daily basis. And yes, it takes time. But to me, it's almost something that you should do when you're making your morning coffee. You know, just sip your coffee while you're looking at your accounts. And actually, by the way, my husband does it on behalf of our family. And so he's always asking me questions. Did you did you buy something for, you know, $221 or something? And that's a good practice to get into. Then secondly, we all have access to these credit reports. And they're easier today to get than they used to be in the past. And those three credit uh, bureaus are Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion. And actually today, you can get them for free. Now, when I did it, it's a little daunting. I mean, if you're of my age and you've done a lot of purchasing and borrowing and all those things, you've got quite the history on this report. Uh, it's so good, though, to go through it and figure out, you know, it, do you recognize all these? Do they have you late when you weren't late? You know, was there spelling mistakes? Just all that kind of detail. And once again, it's a pain but I think today, Susie, more than ever, a and, good idea to do. And Peg, I heard once upon a time, maybe it's a myth, that to pull a credit report was actually bad for your credit. Is that there's no correlation to that, right? You know, um, it's still, in my mind, a mystery about the credit score. And I think that's what you're referring to. Like, if you pull it, then up, oh, you get docked. Yeah. Uh, when you do get docked, per se, is if I'm going to go borrow money for a car and I decide to, you know, take them up on their 2% loan or so they have to do a credit check. Well, if you decide to go to five different dealerships, you know, they're all going to pull your credit and supposedly that can hurt your credit. But I still find that that is quite a mystery as to how and why we have that particular number. What I do know is if you pay things off religiously and you don't have a lot of open credit, 
Meaning if you have an American Express and they'll let you spend 50000 and you happen to have five other cards that have 50000 limit, but you don't even have a dollar on there that you charged, you're still going to have a lower credit than someone that would have smaller numbers. Really? So then, the, yeah, yes. Yeah. So we kind of monitor, um, we kind of monitor this on ourselves and then try to coach the clients uh, through that credit process. The next one, we Bruce and I actually talked last week um, about have, trying to have a, a stress-free tax time. Yes. And here we are. We're tax filing, and we've got this tax freedom day now is approaching in, in 2022. But your 2021 uh, tax return is due April 18th. And I know our tax team, because we've got tons of CPAs and we do taxes for a number of clients of Wealth Enhancement Group, that um, we're cranking them out. And not only uh, the federal level, but um, Minnesotans, that's where this is based, our, our headquarters, they actually have, we all have till April 18th to get that in. So a couple tips here are, I already mentioned the health savings account, first of all, when we open the show, but you also should look at a traditional or a Roth IRA contributions for 2021. I mean, here we are already uh, at the end of the first quarter of 2022, but you can still then look at your tax return and see if you're eligible for a deductible IRA or possibly a Roth IRA, which you don't get a deduction but you get to put the money in there, and then if you follow the rules, that would grow um, tax-free. One of the things, Susie, that I have always wondered is why, if there's 160 million tax returns, which I mentioned last year, why do we all have the same date that we have to file? See, my logical brain is saying, let's divvy up those 160 million into four times a year. And that way, the 75,000 people who work for the IRS wouldn't be just so overwhelmed in like one period of time. Doesn't that make sense? Yeah, you're going to call someone in Washington and get that ball rolling? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, the, the, a comment was made to me when I bring this up to the clients is they say, okay, well, does that mean then if people owe money on April 18th that the IRS would have to wait maybe three quarters if your name ended with a W, you know, if they did it by alphabet. And the conclusion of my client was the government can't afford to wait three more quarters, you know, to get this cash flow in, which I thought was interesting. But that's been kind of my idea for a long time. And I don't, I, I actually, I really don't understand it, why they don't, you know, spread it out. So um, remember that, you know, once the de- the dust is settled and you got to get your 2021 and return in, um, I also mentioned last week that I already have a folder for 2022 because there's things already that have happened this year that I either put a note in there or I've already given to charity and then I put that in there because they're just good reminders when I pull that folder out uh, in 2023 going, oh, got to do my tax return, that I've got some kind of a um, just a reminder of things that I've done through the year because because it's just hard to remember all that. 
Um, lastly, about taxes, there's this thing called the Tax Freedom Day. And I've actually never liked this uh, statement or milestone or whatever they called it. But that actually represents how long Americans need to work to pay the nation's tax burden. So what that means, Susie, is you and I would be working, you know, all up to all days up to April 18th and really giving that money to the government. Then on April 19th is when we're actually working for ourselves and we get to keep that money. Have you heard that before? Never. Oh, you haven't? No, I really okay. haven't. That's interesting. I mean, it yeah, sort of it, changes. And I don't, yeah, geez. I, I, you were going to say, like, changes your perspective. I yes. mean, I, I think that would be really a Debbie Downer, like starting the new year and go, oh, I got to get to April 18th, you know, because I'm really just working for the government at this point. Um, but one of the things that happens with clients is if they can afford to, like, uh, you know, you, you start all over. You kind of have a clean slate on January 1st when it comes to 401k contributions mm-hmm. and contributing to a Roth, um, contributing to a health savings account, all these things that you probably religiously do uh, each and every year. But those things start, too. And, and the other thing that starts on January 1st is Social Security um, Taxation, I call it. They take money out of your pay, seven and a half percent, until you get up to a bogey, which is somewhere around one hundred and sixty thousand dollars. So, uh, what happens though is your paychecks uh, in the beginning of the year, the first quarter. Not only are you feeling like you're paying the government, but you also are probably contributing again to all your work plans. And it seems to be a struggle the first quarter for a lot of people because it just all starts up and then their paycheck, the net money that comes home is so much less than, um, than, you know, at Christmas time or, you know, late fall. So then, um, we've only got three here, three, uh, good points for going into the second quarter. And this one is a little bit different than thinking kind of financially. This is, we have so many clients, that are caring for their older parents. And a couple days that fall into um, 2022 second quarter is Mother's Day and Father's Day. And so it gives us the reminder that, you know, with our aging parents, you're likely thinking about their financial and their emotional well-being. Um, I know... Uh, working with clients every day that not only do we answer questions about their particular finances and, and um, you know, uniqueness about their families, but they always throw in, you know, guess what happened to my mom or my mom finally told me what she has as far as assets. So I think it's a matter of, it, it used to be where it wasn't, it was just taboo to tell your children, you know, yes. what do you have? That's, you remember that? Yes. And I would ask my mom not too long ago, we were on a ride down to my sister's and she was like, at, she was like mad at me. And I'm like, well, come on. I tell you everything about me. You know, my credit score, you know, I mean, <laughs> she, she's very interested right. in my financial life and I'm, I'm very forthcoming, but not the other way. But she did finally no. tell me, and it was very important because 
obviously it's, it's it is kind of a not a secret, but it's delicate information. Yes, and that's the way they were raised, right? And and when it comes to healthcare needs for them, though, um, we want to help. And if we don't understand what their financial situation is, or even if they have their estate plan in order, if their will is correct, or you know they're just so um, closed about that that it almost takes, and our clients have told us, it just takes begging for them to release this information um, to to us. But uh, so the other things of statistically about um, aging parents is. You know, this boomer stamp is still out there, meaning although accounting for 16 percent of the total U.S. population, the boomers, more than two fifths of the U.S. baby boomer generation is now 65 or older. Mm. Um, Among these older adults, ages 65, 61 percent lived with their spouse, partner in 2020 and almost 27 percent lived alone. So the idea here, though, uh, Susie, is that by 2040, there will be roughly 81 million older persons living in the U.S., more than twice as many in 2000. So wow. that was a statistic by the Administration for Community Living. And we, we know that. We know we knew that, that number. Um, well, we know we can just witness that people are living longer, right? We're doing these financial plans, and now we're taking people out to 100. Are you? Uh, you know, we're, we're running them out to 100. We're, we're adding in 3% inflation. People are retiring at 62, 65. I mean, that's three decades of time Yeah. that, you know, you have to try to make your money last as long as um, you do. So so just to kind of wrap this up then, because the, the three were, um, you know, this identity theft, you've got this tax filing deadline, you've got these, you know, older possible parents. You know, these are three issues that we'd like uh, clients and listeners to kind of uh, think about over the next quarter. And so by June 30th, we're going to be already halfway through the year. So it's just a good time to um, regroup and and think about maybe it's not the three that we mentioned, but at least maybe mentally we'll get people, Susie, to think about, oh, what should I do the next three quarter, these next um, three months? And what would make progress, you know, for myself and my family? Peg, and people can text us or call us at any time with a question. We want to remind people of that because this is sort of the, I don't want to say homework, but this is really some real nitty-gritty work that we should all be paying attention to. And if you have a question and you want to jump in, that number is 651-461-9226. You can either call or you can text that line, 651-461-9226. So we're getting, I don't want to say homework, but we're, we're, we're moving in the direction of being more mindful in the next three months to track your spending. Uh, are your expenses higher than you had hoped? That's hard for people. You know, it's like you buy a candy bar up in the vending machine. Do you write that down? I mean, how specific are we talking when we're looking at tracking our expenses? Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up, Susie, because guess what's happening? Everything's costing more. I mean, we're going to the gas station. And so this word inflation is real. And I'm starting to have clients ask me to revise their numbers. 
on their financial forecast because they they're witnessing it in at the gas station, at the grocery store, furniture shopping, anything that you wanted shipped to your house. All of these things are, you know, growing and not at a small rate. And so I would encourage people to maybe look at their budget that they had for this year and you might have to massage it a little bit because I don't see things going down anytime soon. No, you don't see this turning, this uh, price increase trend that we're seeing. You don't see it turning around at least probably what for a year or six months. Not for. Not, I don't see it this year at all. I mean, we just started into it, yeah. uh, and you know, there's some anticipation that shipping, especially. I mean, I've gotten a couple quotes that are just insane, uh, but they're real. So, and we'll talk more on the backside. Wonderful. Peg Webb, Wealth Enhancement Group, taking your calls at 651-461-9226. We're talking about a couple of different things as we sort of look ahead to the second quarter of 2022. We're back after this. Welcome back. It is your money. A reminder for you. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you can call 888-6-ADVICE. If you have a question, you can also email your question to yourmoneyatwealthenhancement.com. But right now, for the next little bit, you can text our studio line at 651-461-9226. You can also call that line, 651-461-9226. Now, once again, Senior Vice President and Financial Advisor, Peg Webb. All right, Peg. Thank you, Susie. Got a lot to yeah. talk about this next half hour. Yeah, what I thought I would do is just really quickly just recap, since it is one of four shows that we're going to do. Uh, we're doing a quarterly show called Look Ahead, and today was for quarter two. And so three points we brought up were just be alert for identity theft. And this is this is not a joke. This is something where you really have to be uh, do your due diligence and watch things, you know, get a credit monitoring service for protection. Uh, you know, we got these three big Experian, Equifax and TransUnion. They'll provide you a free access to your credit report once a year. Get it, review it, see if it's all uh, the way you want it to be. Secondly, tax filing. Maybe we're talking about this so much, but we've got a couple of weeks to get that done. And then I mentioned about this uh, Tax Freedom Day, which is also April 18th, where you're free from paying taxes anymore. If you look at it as, hey, I've worked all year so far to pay the government. Now the rest is mine. And then lastly, but not not um, I don't want to say it's as important. I actually think it's very important that you think about your uh, parents and as they're aging. And the reason I say that is because we work with a lot of clients and it's complex. Like, what is their financial and emotional well-being? I mean, these are questions and they're hard questions, believe me, to ask what your parents' finances are. Well, how's your health? You know, do you want to stay in your home? Do you have your will done? All of those things are very important. So uh, just three points, you know, getting through the first uh, quarter, we're done now. So these would be things to focus on. And go ahead and add to your list. Uh, you asked a good question, Susie, in that things are costing more. And you mentioned it. And absolutely, they're costing more. And so we're getting clients asking us if, if should, we, should we revise your, the plan? Although, 
You know, I think it's okay, the financial plans that we've done, because we have always, always included 3% compounding in our financial plans. And we haven't seen that in the past, but now we're probably going to make up for it a little bit here on, you know, on this inflation and longer term. But there's some things that have kept up with inflation historically. I can't tell you that they're going to happen again in the past, but a couple of them are the stock market. Uh, Maybe scary to some people because it's been kind of rocky. And then another one is real estate and then uh, commodities. And so uh, all of which, you know, we've got in our portfolios at Wealth Enhancement Group. So, Susie, let's uh, get listeners involved. Absolutely. 651-461-9226. Our friend from last week texted us and says, could you please give the information that you mentioned at the beginning of the program regarding the H, the health savings account question that was asked last week? Um, I think they might have missed it, and that might have been who was curious about it. So can you kind of yes, just okay. recap that question for them? Oh, uh, absolutely. So the question last week was, if I'm not employed, not working, am I eligible for a health savings account? And by the way, a health savings account, uh, by definition, and to be eligible, you have to be in a high deductible plan. Um, and I mean, what is that? That just means that that's a type of medical plan versus let's say the traditional, a lot of us know of the traditional where we don't have to have like a high deductible before the, the traditional, we didn't have to have a high deductible before, um, you know, the insurance company would kick in. So a lot of times, you know, my deductible is $6,000. I have to pay out of my own pocket before the insurance company uh, starts to pay. But because I'm on the high deductible plan, I get to participate in a health savings account because I'm not on Medicare. So anybody out there listening, if you're on Medicare, you are not eligible to do a health savings account anymore. So the answer is you don't have to be working. All you have to do is be on a health, a high um, deductible plan And for 2021, uh, the amount that you could put in for a family was $7,200. But if you're over 55, there's an additional 1,000 catch-up. So you could have a deduction still this year uh, for the 2021, if you haven't filed yet, is $8,200. And then as a single person, an individual, it's $3,600. And then if you're over 55, it's $1,000 more there. I love the health savings accounts, because not only do you get the deduction when you put the money in, but then if you use that money and that growth for uh, medical reasons, then you get to pull that out tax-free. So there isn't anything where you really get a deduction, you know, up front, and you get to utilize it tax-free. So it's, it's one of the best things um, one of the best investments you could make. Susie? Yeah, a texture writes, should I invest my health savings account? I mean, is there, what, how does it work? Do you set that money aside and is it actually, you put it in an account that it grows or does it just sit there? Yes. So that's a 
fabulous question in that it depends because uh, where you're at in your life and whether you utilize it. So I've got both types of clients where they contribute to the health savings account and they don't want to take other monies out of their budget to pay for health care. So they utilize that health savings account, like as soon as they put the money in, they're pulling it out because they have this high deductible. And technically, that's kind of why it was designed that way is that if you wanted to use it. So in that case, Susie, then I wouldn't invest it. I would probably just leave it in cash because then it's short term money. There's others that uh, choose to, well, let's build that account up. It grows tax-free. So why wouldn't I take those dollars, invest it? Uh, You have a choice of doing an allocation of 100% of the stock market, combination of stocks and bonds, whatever you want, depending on, once again, I think the time horizon of when you're going to utilize it. Um, And that's fine, too. So the 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 um the caveat here is I mentioned Medicare which starts at 65. You also can have access to that health savings account at 65 uh, for all medical, but if you want to pull the money out, you have some other reason like you want to go buy a car. You can pull that money out, but then it would be taxable. But it's still more liquid. You know, some people say, oh, I don't want to put into that because I got to use it for healthcare, and I don't know that I'll have it, you know. So that's kind of an interesting point, too, that after 65, you can use it. So bottom line is it depends. How risky do you want it to be? Mm-hmm. Uh, and what, and base that on what's the time horizon of when you plan on pulling it out. Make sense? Makes a lot of sense. 651-461-9226. Thanks to the texter who asked that question. And if you have a question, you can jump on as well. You can call that, too. You can jump on the phone. We'll certainly get you to peg that way. Another texter writes, does closing credit card accounts hurt my credit score? Uh, Does closing credit credit cards on your um just like credit if, card report yeah does yeah. that hurt it like so if you've got a macy's card and a american express and uh you know one other one yeah i i kind of uh alluded to in the beginning of the show that it's still kind of a mystery mm. as to how they calculate this credit score i think that by closing accounts, which I've done, because you know what, Susie, they lure you into opening these cards. So I go to Macy's and they're like, oh, if you open the Macy's card today, I'll give you 15% off. I went, oh, cool. I would love 15% (laughs) off. So it's very quick. You know, you put your social security number in, boom, you got a Macy's card. You go to the next door and you've got, and and I I love getting that 15% off, but then right away I go and close it. Because I have no intention on using that card again in the future. Number one, it's way too confusing to track them all. Mm. And um, I like to have just a couple cards. Speaking of which, uh, I talked about identity theft. Mm -hmm. What my husband and I do is we have one major credit card that we have all our monthly things go out, like the TV bill and the utility bill and all those things. Mm -hmm. 
And um, and then we have another credit card for kind of shopping and things, because if that credit card that we have all these automatics coming out of mm-hmm. gets compromised, what a pain it is to have to go contact all these companies and change to the new number. Uh. So our strategy is, you know, if you're, if you're going to go somewhere and you've never charged anything at the store before, you know, don't use that credit card. Use the other one because there's still a higher likelihood that maybe that could get compromised. So that's how I help my husband take care of it. Because if I'm shopping all over and all of a sudden, oh, there, you know, then he has to go through all the lists of telling these automatic people. So bottom line is, does that affect your credit score? I happen to think not having a lot of cards out there with open balances and closing them would help your credit score. All right, 651-461-9226. Peg Webb, Wealth Enhancement Group, Financial Advisor, Senior Vice President, all-around smart gal, 651-461-9226. Another texter writes, another good idea is to freeze your credit and only open it back up when needed. There's that old stain about credit cards. Put them actually in water. And stick them in the freezer so you won't use them. <laughs> Remember those yeah, ways of strategizing not to overspend? Yeah. That, believe me, I fully understand what you're saying. But this freezing actually is a thing. Is it? Where? Oh, yes. There, Because there's a lot of people out there that don't necessarily want credit cards. They don't want their identity out there on all of these um, cards with the possibility of getting compromised. So you can literally call all those three companies that I mentioned, and you can tell them, please freeze my account, Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion. And they will. And then you can unfreeze them. Um, So that that gives people a little bit more peace of mind is that if they say, uh, tell them to freeze. And I, I, uh, I endorse that. I think if, you, if you're not somebody that has the, the reason to use a lot of credit, and um, why not? Because you can always turn it back on. Yeah. Peg, we have a caller. We have Greg on the line from St. Paul with a question for you. Go ahead. You're on the air with Peg Webb, Greg. Okay. Hi, Peg. My name is Greg. I'm just, uh, I'm calling about a tax question. It's my understanding that uh, capital gains, and I think it's qualified dividends, are not taxable if you're, uh, as a couple, your gross income, or I don't know if it's adjustable, or gross income is under 80800 And the reason I'm asking is we do our own taxes uh, with software, and ours is quite a bit below that, but yet it puts those numbers into our adjusted gross income. And I'm trying to figure out why it does that if they're not taxable. Um, And maybe I'm missing something, but that's my question. Thank you. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, And the reason it's a good question is because there's a lot of people don't even know that, that there's a capital gains and a qualified dividends bracket of zero. Um, it's a little complex in that, yes, you need to enter everything into your tax return and see what percentage of 
uh, your capital gains and your dividends are going to not be taxed. There is online um, a, a tax calculator that will actually allow you to go in and just plug in and do all sorts of different scenarios and, and actually witness how much of your capital gains and your dividends are getting taxed. So it, one of the misnomers, and, and my clients bring this up a lot, is you know by the time you put in your Social Security, and your dividends and your capital gains, and maybe you've got, you know, some other kind of income, not, it's hard to get all that tax free. Um, But it's possible. So we have a tax department. And on my team, we do some simple calculations for clients to see, you know, if they could possibly get the capital gains and dividends um, tax free. But what I can tell you is that I find very few that can. Uh, So I would say to uh, make a call to a, um, you know, a tax person. I know you do the taxes on your own and a lot of my clients do too, but it's so difficult to know what's happening inside of that tax return when you're plugging in the numbers. So getting a second opinion by somebody who is uh, a CPA or an accountant is not a bad idea um, at this time of year. Susie? 651-461-9226. You can either call Peg or you can text us. That is our text line. This person texts, my American Express card was recently compromised. They assured me that my auto payments would be rolled over to the new card number without interruption. Uh, Is this, I mean, again, I think it's trust and verify that you because that you can get into trouble when it doesn't happen and then you're getting late fees and uh, payments aren't made. So what is your thought on that? Yeah, I like what you said, Susie, in that um, that's great. Uh, I have that card and that's the card that I do not put my automatic uh, payments on. Is And I kind of like that card because it's unlimited and I put my bigger purchases on there and then just pay it off. Uh, and, and get the points, the airline points, actually. And so one of the things that I didn't know if, if that is the case, that they'll just automatically do it. But even if they do, I mean, it's going to take some work, right, just to see to make sure that it's tracking. And I wouldn't doubt with computers today that they would be able to do that. Um, the credit card company that I'm with, which I won't name, uh, they they don't automatically do it for me. But now that you mention that, probably not a bad idea to um, to ask the company that I you know work with if that's a possibility. This is an interesting Susie? question uh, from a texter, and I don't know if you know it, but I'll ask. Um, hello, when a single person retires, how many hours can they work part time if they want? or need to supplement their income to live. We were just talking about you're living longer, uh, you know, if you, and you haven't had enough money uh, set aside to actually keep you going. Is there, do you sort of, can you negate what you're going to be bringing in, like Social Security, what have you, if you work too much? And I, don't I think know the what the question, I think the question is, you know, whether you're single or you're, of filing a joint return. Um, and if you're under your full retirement age of Social Security, this might be the question they're asking. 
Right. Because let's say you're 62 and yeah, you're eligible for social security now. Right. And you still want to working. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If you're working, then you actually can only make, um, something like the in 2021, it was like $18,000 or Mm. something like that. So it's not a whole lot of money. Okay. But if you go over that, then Social Security is going to pull back that's, some of your Social Security payment. That's what I... And I tell clients that if you're going to fall into that category, don't apply for Social Security. It isn't that you lose it. They do this calculation on the backside, but I don't like it. I like to have my clients avoid uh, taking Social Security if they're going to get any pullback at all. Another texter writes at 651-461-9226 has the charitable deduction directly from the IRA available for 2021. Is the charitable deduction, say that again. Yeah, it's not, it's written a little peculiar, but um, the person wants to know about a charitable deduction because I think, I'm going to reframe it because I actually do have a question about this because I give a lot to charity and a lot of people do. And are the tax laws to the best of your knowledge such that, so you used to have all your receipts you'd bring in and now is there a standard deduction that sort of takes away your need to keep receipts and itemize your charitable giving? Yes. Um, at, at, um, 70% of of everyone now files standard. So if you are giving to charity, and it's a hard thing because all we get is really our $10,000 property taxes. And then you'd have to give to charity for a couple. They'd have to give like $17,000 and then that still wouldn't be deductible. And then anything over that would be deductible. So we don't have a lot of time here. But what I would say is, I tell my clients to chunk a bunch of charity in one year because if you drib and drab over several years, you're never going to get the deduction or utilize through your IRA if you're over 70 and a half. All right. Uh, So that's what I would do. Yeah. Look forward to talking to you next week. That is Peg West. Thank you, Susie. Yeah, Senior Vice President, Financial Advisor. And if you have a question, you can always email it to yourmoneyatwealthenhancement.com. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can also call one 888 advice Have a good week.